Thank you very much. Uh, morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Sam. I'm part of King's Church. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our Exodus series this morning. Uh, but before then, we have a short video uh, that I'd want all of us to watch. I'm aware that our kids are going to be staying in with us. And so mainly for the kids, but ultimately for all of us as well, because it kind of like captures all that we've been talking about so far. So guys, if we can please have the video, that'll be great. Thank you. God's story, wilderness. So part of God's story is about how God took care of his family in the wilderness. And it begins like this. For many years, God's family was stuck as slaves in Egypt. So God chose a guy named Moses to lead them out of slavery and into an amazing home called Canaan or the promised land where they could be free. From the moment the Israelites left Egypt, God made it clear that he was with his family. He led them with a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. He actually split the Red Sea in two parts so they could walk to safety. But the journey from Egypt to the Promised Land was hard. In fact, the Israelites didn't know where to find food and water or when they would get to Canaan. So just three days after leaving Egypt, they started complaining. What are we going to drink? Now Moses knew that God hadn't freed them from Egypt and parted the Red Sea just to let them die of thirst in the desert. So he asked the Lord to help and God helped. Then about a month later, they complained again. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. They actually wished they could be slaves again. Kids, have you ever complained about something instead of trusting God for help? Well, guess what? God had a plan his family never could have imagined. In the morning, dew covered the ground, and when it was gone, there were flakes of food that looked like frost. The Israelites called it manna, which means, what is it? Moses told them to eat it all and not to save any. But of course, some people saved a little just to be safe. Remember, they were worried they wouldn't have what they needed. The next morning, the old manna was full of maggots, which are little bugs, yuck. But the good news is there was also new manna. See, God wanted them to trust him every single day. What's really crazy though, is on the sixth day of every week, God did tell them to gather enough for two days. That way, they had one day to rest. It's called a Sabbath, and it's a day of rest. So when they woke up on the seventh day of the week, the manna they had saved was as fresh as it was when it first fell. We don't know how that happened, but it did. Well, the Israelites kept traveling, following the cloud and fire, eating new manna every day, and getting a Sabbath every week. It might seem pretty clear that God was with them, but they weren't so sure. At one point, they even said to Moses, is the Lord with us or not? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us with thirst? The people had stopped trusting Moses, which really meant they had stopped trusting God just because things got hard. Moses knew God had a plan though, and he asked for help. Turns out, God had another miracle in store. God said, take your staff, strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. And it did. 
For about 40 more years, God's family wandered the desert. And all that time, God kept on giving them food, water, rest, and protection. He even kept their clothes from wearing out. God's family couldn't take care of themselves on their own. They had to trust God, but he always gave them just enough, just in time, and often in ways they could have never expected. And that's the story of how God took care of his family in the wilderness. So, in case you missed it, here's the quick version. God wanted his family to be free. God led them with a cloud and fire. He parted the Red Sea. The Israelites got thirsty and complained. God gave them water. They got hungry and complained again. God gave them food. They got thirsty and complained again. God gave them water again. For 40 years, God gave them what they needed. All they had to do was trust every day. And that's a part of God's story. Got my stuff. Can I just ask you guys to just, maybe for 30 minutes, just stretch forth your hands and just pray for me. Is that okay? Just, yeah, just pray that God will just, um, uh, just speak through me this morning, if, if you don't mind. I really would appreciate that. Yeah, Father, thank you that we are gathered to you this morning. I thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you for uh, your work amongst us. Thank you for your presence here with us. I just pray, God, that you come and just, uh, yeah, just lead this time. I pray, God, that you speak to our hearts, that you bring insight and revelation to us. Help us uh, just get to see again your heart, your heart of love and care and compassion for us. Would you speak to us all? In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. All right, so we're going to continue in our uh, Exodus series. And um, this morning I'm going to be speaking to us on, on the whole subject of salvation into trusting God. Salvation into trusting God. And from the uh, very onset, I would want to just say to us about the fact that as children of God, when God calls us into a relationship with him, Basically, he calls us to, to trust him. He calls us to walk in trust to him. He calls us to be those who depend on him. He calls us to be those who look to him in every situation. And so as we consider the subject this morning, we want to again focus, you know, on the book of Exodus and see what God teaches us in there. We want to see what practical lessons we can all um, learn together. So if you've got your Bibles, you want to please stand with me to Exodus and to chapter 15. We would start from there, chapter 15 of Exodus. Exodus chapter 15. I'll try and find it myself. All right, so generally, as we started our series, we have, we have learned about God. We have learned about Moses and Aaron. In this particular session that I'll be doing this morning, the Israelites effectively 
take center stage. So it feels like if you were watching some kind of drama or a play, suddenly the lights are on the Israelites this morning. And it's quite exciting because as we focus on the Israelites, a lot of the things we'll be discovering this morning, we actually would see apply to us as God's people. I can say that because the Israelites ultimately were a people who had been rescued by the blood of the lamp. They hadn't just been rescued by the blood of the lamb, but God was actually leading them on into the promised land. For us as children of God, we can say this about ourselves. We have been rescued by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Not only that, but we also are being led by God into the new creation or into spending eternity with him. And so just as the Israelites were on a journey with God, Christians or children of God likewise are also on a journey with God. And so we can draw some parallels between the lives of the Israelites and then ultimately our very own lives as children of God. We do identify with them in many ways, not in all the ways, but in many ways. And God would want to highlight for us this morning some things that are true, ultimately about the Israelites, but also true of the people of God. And I want to, from the very beginning, just highlight for us as a church, my three key points, just in case anybody dozes off towards the end. All right. So if you're you're staying with me, three things I feel God helps us see from this Exodus session this morning is this. As a child of God, your faith will be tested. All right. That's the first, very first point. As a child of God, your faith will be tested. Secondly, God wants us to know as his children that he is faithful. And then number three, God calls us as his children to trust him. All right, so our faith will be tested. God wants us to know that he is faithful. And then number three, God calls us to trust him. In him, we start off with a story in Exodus chapter 15 from verse 22. It says to us, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went on into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Then the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So, right from the beginning, it feels like the Israelites had had an exciting adventure with God. God had done an extraordinary thing before their very eyes. We're seeing in that short video, God had effectively, through Moses, lifting his staff 
parted the Red Sea. And the Israelites had walked on dry ground through the very Red Sea. God had done an amazing thing. And in chapter 14, verse 31, it says to us that the Israelites put their trust in the Lord because they saw his mighty deeds. And then he goes on to tell us in chapter 15, they sang God's praises. Three days later, these same Israelites are beginning to grumble. So it feels like Sunday morning, we coming and we all sing, Lord, you are good, Lord, you are good, Lord, you are good. We are really excited about that because indeed God is good. Come Wednesday morning, we are saying, God, you are not so good. God, I'm not too sure if you really are good. That was the picture God was trying to paint for us here. They started on a high, but soon as a setback came their way, they began to grumble. It was quite an interesting one. So as God leads them on their many travels, they come into the desert and suddenly they are thinking, we really need some water. In the distance, they see some water. So they get really, 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 really excited. As they travel on and on and on, they get to the water and guess what? The water wasn't drinkable. God, why did you bring us this way? So they grumble, they complain. We are not so excited about this. God in his mercy, God in his compassion, hears the cry of his people again. And then he says to Moses, look, you pick that piece of wood, throw it into the water, and it will become water that is drinkable. So Moses does that. And guess what? The water that was bitter becomes drinkable again. And God's people have some water to drink. They continue on their journey. This time around, God brings them to Elim, an exciting place with, with 12 springs. And so at this point, the Israelites look back and they're like, why did we doubt God in the first place? Actually, he is good. Actually, he is very, very, very good. They still continue on their journey. And this time around, they find themselves in the desert of sin. And the Bible says, again, the Israelites grumble. They begin to complain. Lord, you are not so good. Suddenly, their trust in God evaporates again. And they turn around and they complain. And they say, well, God, why did you bring us here anyway? Again, God in his mercy, I I love the Lord. Don't you just love God? God in his mercy hears them again. He comes through and he, he provides for them. He provides manna and he also provides quail. And the Israelites have enough food to eat. They turn around. They are excited again about this God. But the, the journey continues. And this time around, they find themselves in Rephidim. And at this point, you and I watching on the sidelines will turn to these Israelites and say, come on, guys. You do not have to complain at this point. Surely you have seen the goodness of the Lord in your lives. Think about the Red Sea. Think about bitter water becoming drinkable. Think about the fact that God provided manna and quail. Surely you will not complain this time. But guess what the Israelites did again? They grumbled. Third time. And it was because there was no water to drink. God again, in his mercy, comes through. He says to Moses, all right, with the same stuff that you parted the Red Sea, I want you to, don't worry, I wouldn't hit you on the head. I want you to strike that rock. 
Moses does that and guess what? Water gushes forth and the people of God have water to drink again. Three setbacks. Same response. The people grumbled, grumbled, and grumbled. God, our Father, came through every single time. Faithful in every situation. This is my first question. Who led the people of God into the wilderness? Because you consider the contrast. God, massive miracle part of the Red Sea. You would expect that they would begin to walk in fields and exciting places. But the Bible says they were led into the desert. Who, who led them into the desert? I feel that if we are able to understand this question correctly, it would help us as we walk with God or as we journey with him. Who led them into the desert? Your guess is as good as mine. The answer is God. The, the, the presence of God amongst the Israelites was unmissable. You couldn't miss. The Bible says to us that, that God led them as a pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by the night. God led them every step of the way. So whether it was in the desert of Sher, whether it was in Elim, whether it was in Rephidim, or whether it was in the desert of Sin, it was God who led them that way. And, and I feel that as children of God, as, as Christians, so those who have come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we need to know this as well. Our lives are in his hands. Your life, my life, if we are children of God, are in his hands. And guess what? He, he leads us. He leads us every step of the way. It was God who took them that way. Why, why did God take them that way? I want to believe that God was trying to teach them a very important lesson of dependency on him. God wants his children to be those who depend on him. God wants his children to be those who rest in him. God wants his children to be those who look to him in every situation. In the little things, in the medium-sized things, if there's anything like that. In the big things that we cannot cope with, God wants us to learn dependency on him. So even in the face of those setbacks, what God was looking or expecting from his people was that every step of the way they would turn to him and say, God, we trust that you're leading us this way. Please come through for us, not turn around and grumble. God wanted to teach them dependency. And God wants his children to be those who depend on him solely. Why did the Israelites grumble? I think it was just a simple reason. Things were not going the way they wanted things to go. So they would have expected that it would be, yeah, God had said, I am taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. They had their eyes on the destination, land of milk and honey, land of milk and honey, land of milk and honey. At the minute, they were in the desert, a difficult, very, very difficult terrain, no water, no food. So in their minds, the Israelites were thinking destination. God, however, was thinking, I want to shape these people. I want to build their lives because they are my people. And so it was very clear that things were not going the way the Israelites wanted things to go. Hence, they began to grumble. 
And, and sometimes as Christians, it can, it can feel that way because things don't always go the way we want them to. I just tell, I, I like to tell stories. I'll just tell you a little story. So shortly after we felt God call us out here for a season, we had spoken to our leaders in Ghana. They gave us their blessing. We came more proud to coming out. We had um, looked at houses that were for rent and, um, and had actually picked out those we wanted and all that. So we arrived here and we're looking forward to quickly moving into rented accommodation. We knew we had heard clearly from God about moving here. Arrived here only to discover that because we had not been living here effectively the last couple of years, we could not rent a house. Because we needed landlords' references, and obviously we hadn't been living here. At this point, my first, my first point of call was, God, did you really send us here? D- did I hear you right? It, it, was, it was a difficult time for us because our friends who were hosting us, bless them, Simon and Kate Festing, they were, they were fantastic. Initially, we were going to stay with them for two weeks. We had been staying with them for three months. And they were so kind to us and said, you don't have to worry too much about that. But we felt it was time to move on. And so one morning, I remember coming into the meeting, my heart was heavy. I was saying, God, you've, you've, you've got to come through. I was, if I'm very honest, I was grumbling. I was complaining. God, you are not with us. God, you, we, we thought we had you right. I was, I was grumbling, if I'm very honest. I walked through those doors. First person I met, bless him, Reg Clark. He just turned around looked at me and he said, Sam, stop. And then he said to me, I feel God would say to you, he wants you to stay for a little while longer where you are. Suddenly, the peace of God just came. I thought, well, how did you know that? This was exactly what I wanted to hear. He just said, God would say to you, he wants you to stay there a little longer. I thought, great. Few days down the line, a house came up and it was exactly what we wanted. One where the landlords will not ask for landlords' references. These guys in church who were moving up north just stand down and said, yeah, you can rent a house. And guess what? No need for landlords' references. The provision of God. But in that moment when rubber hits the road, you grumble. But God wants us to know that, listen, no matter how difficult the situation is, he is there for us and he wants us to trust in him. So reality check. My three pointers quickly. Because apparently I have very little time. I'll, I'll run through that quickly. Number one. Like I said. Our faith will be tested. You see Christians. Going through this world. Will meet every possible life. Endangering circumstance. This is, this is just basic stuff we need to know. Your faith will be tested. It will be tested for some people. On a daily basis, their faith is tested. For some people, it will be once in a while. Some people, you never know, they might never walk that path. But certainly, you see, if somebody says to you, come to the Lord Jesus Christ and all your problems will disappear, you should think again. Because that never really happens. He takes away your sin, ultimately. But you see... We still live in this world. We are not home yet. We still live in this world. And as long as we live in this world, our faith will continue to be tested. Think about the Christians in China and across the world. Maybe some of us don't feel the test that much, but it it will be. Some people, it's ill health. 
Some people, it's difficulties with relationships. Some people, it's obviously, you know, problems with their children. You, you will be tested. Well, when God tests us, I just want to say that it is basically God's way of bringing us into situations that call for trust and endurance. All right? When God is testing us, it is so that we can come to a place of, of effectively trusting in God and also enduring through the process. It doesn't make it any easy, but the reality is that God is with us and he will be with us. I need to also mention that sometimes we go through challenges because of our own decisions. So sometimes we make a very foolish decision and then we have to endure that. I need to also mention that sometimes it is, it is Satan, obviously, who brings things our way. And we have to be aware of that as well. But in the midst of it all, there are tests that God himself also brings our way. And ultimately, it is to shape us. It is to build our faith. It is to effectively refine our faith and bring us to a good place. So we are told that we shouldn't be surprised when we go through trials. And difficulties. He says, don't be surprised. Basically, they will come. At some point, they will come. And you see, we're all, we're all running different races. Ultimately, the goal is the same, but the race I'm running is not the same as yours. Different races. But we all have to learn to trust in this God. Second point, God is faithful. We can say this again and again and again and again and again. No food on the table, God is faithful. No money in the pocket, God is faithful. Through ill health, God is faithful. You know why? Because he is. On all three occasions, when the Israelites grumbled, God turned up. So he provided, he changed uh, water that was undrinkable into water that became drinkable. He provided bread and then, and then ultimately a quail for his people. He also again provided water when they were thirsty and needed water to drink. Friends, in the midst of battles and trials that seem meaningless, I want to say to us, there are deep purposes of God at work. We will not fully understand at the time, but ultimately, there are deep purposes of God at work. Secondly, the trials that, you know, come to us sometimes surprise us, but they are not a surprise to God. They may be more than we can bear, but we are never left on our own. So he says, you would go through the fire, you would go through the waters, but listen, I will be with you. They will never go over you. I will be with you. God has also planned the course we are to take as he walks with us. So he knows the end from the beginning. God is faithful. Ultimately, God has already given us his best in his son, Jesus. He has already given us his best. What more would he not give to us? 
He who did not hold back his son, but gave him up for us. Would he not together with all other things provide for us? God is faithful. Number three, God calls us to trust in him. I want to believe that God, as he led the people of Israel, had thought in advance. He thought ahead of his providence for the people of Israel. And I want you to please stay with me at this point as I try to finish off. God had thought in advance about providence for his people as they journeyed in the wilderness. So God says something like this. I know that one day my people are going to journey this way. They are going to come this way. And so effectively, I will provide a tree. And from that tree, they are going to find a piece of wood that will be chucked into water that is undrinkable. And it will, over time, become drinkable. I, I know that someday my people are going to journey this way. And I know that they are going to grumble because they are hungry. They are going to grumble because there's no food. And so in advance, God says, I will provide quail for them. In advance, God says, I will send them some dew that ultimately will become manna. God says, I know that someday my people are going to come this way. They are going to walk this path. And they will get to that place where suddenly they are thirsty. They want water to drink. And so therefore I will provide some underground springs. And I will mark the spot with a rock. And they only will need to hit that rock with a, with a staff. And guess what? Water will gush forth. God thought about that in advance. And then God also said, I, I know that someday my people will need a savior. I know that someday people will fall short of the glory of God. I know that someday there will be effectively separation between me and my people. And so I will provide a savior in the person of my son, Jesus Christ. God said, I know that someday my people are going to need to not eat manna, but to actually taste of the bread of life. And so I will give my son. I know that someday my people wouldn't have to strike rocks so they can get water from springs underneath the rocks, but my people will need living water. And so I will provide my son. And so Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 7, 37, it says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and in a loud voice, he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. God thought about that. And if you are seated here this morning and you are a child of God, well, God has already ordained your steps. God, God is journeying with you. You are not on your own, no matter the setbacks, no matter the challenges, no matter the difficulties. Well, now you know that they will come. 
in those moments, lift your head. See the one seated on the throne. He hasn't moved. He's still seated on the throne. He reigns forever and ever and ever. Lift your head. Fix your gaze on him. Those who look to God are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. You look to God, your face becomes radiant and he will no longer be covered with shame. Look to God who has called you to walk this path with him. It says, the Bible says to us in Proverbs 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, I like that, all your ways, acknowledge him. In the good, acknowledge him. In the bad and terrible, acknowledge him. But trust him with all your heart. Because he's faithful and he calls us to walk with him. So be encouraged this morning. God Knows. Obviously, I have no idea where people are at. I, have, I know you are seated here. I have no idea what people are going through, but God knows. And he has made providence. But the reality is that, friends, we are not home yet. This world is not our home. We are not home yet. As long as we continue to live here, we will struggle. We will go through challenges. But listen, God has got our backs. God is with us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we are going through those difficult bits, speak these words back to yourself. Tell, tell yourself, well, God, God says to me, I will never leave you. Not speak these words back to yourself. That is how you travel. That is how you do these battles. It doesn't come with us crossing our legs and sleeping. No. You've got to effectively come face to face with these challenges. Speak God's promises back to him. That's how we fight. That's how we do battle. And guess what? God's promise. I will be with you till the very end. Our God is faithful. and He calls each one of us to trust in him. It is a walk of daily dependence on God, not on ourselves. I'd like to pray for us as I finish off. Father, we just thank you for, maybe the band can come up uh, at this point. Just thank you for, yeah, just your work in our lives. Uh, thank you, Father God, that you, you know each one of us, you know where we are at at the minute. And Lord, I just want to lift uh, friends to you who are grappling with just really difficult uh, situations. I want to pray, Father God, that you would bring a reassurance of your, your presence. I pray, Father God, that you would bring uh, just reassurance of your love. I pray that you bring reassurance of your continuing to lead us. And I, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will rest again upon us. Be reactivated in our hearts again. I ask, Father God, that we would know your strength. We would know your peace. We would know that you lead us every step of the way. 
Father, the reality of the fact that our faith will be tested. I just thank you, Lord, that in those times you are with us. But you also help us see that you are faithful. My God is faithful. My God is true to his every promise. My God is committed to his people. And finally, you call us to trust you. I just thank you, Lord, that you've already made providence for your people. And I pray, God, that we'll continue to be those who look to you in all situations and learn to depend on you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. As we finish off, if there really are issues that people would like to talk about, please do come and find uh, John or Paul or just one of the guys here. Because um, um, I'm going to just need to dash off to Bexhill now. But please do come and, um, and just speak to one of the guys. And um, yeah, I'm certain that God will speak to your heart. God bless you, church. Thank you.